Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by PDF Pen from Smile, Pingdom, and Burrow. And my apologies to all of our listeners and our sponsors for what my voice sounds like <laughs> right now. I'm Simone de Rochefort. Whoa, I'm a senior video producer at Polygon.com. And I, once again, have succumbed to a fall illness. I'm here today with Christina Warren, a cloud, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft, who also has succumbed to a fall illness, but sounds okay for now. And Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, who did a 10-mile run today. Great. And in doing so, perhaps drained the life out of Christina and I through some kind of dark well, wizardry. I don't think. I mean, I don't. Don't bring Christina in this. We've we've got some business to cover on the show today, Uh-oh. Simone. Uh, so true or false? Uh, you blew off Rocket last week to go to Canada. Is that true or false? True. Christina, do you have any words to say about this? Oh, Canada. Yes. I mean, I just look, I mean, <laughs> as someone who, who did at one time run a, uh, a, a fan blog for, for Justin Trudeau, although, you know, <laughs> he's kind of canceled right now, but yep. you know, whatever, he's still better than I guess the, the person who'd run against him. Uh, I, I still, even given that I feel hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so that brings us into today, today's mystery segment, uh, Simone, since you yes. love Canada so much, so much Uh-oh. more than Christina and I, I have some some questions for you, some pop quiz questions about your bay, and I want to see just worst. how much you know about Canada. All Hit right. me. All right, Hit so me five of them. Okay, Wreck Christina, me. help me keep score, because counting to five is hard. Okay, so... True or false? In Canada, apologizing is so culturally inherent that it cannot be used to convict you in a court of law. True or false? Ooh. Um, false. You're going to guess false. That is wrong. No. You're wrong. What? 2009 Canada passed. The uh, the Apology Act. I'm not making this up. I swear oh it's true. Oh my god! The apology cannot be used against you as a confession in that's a court of law. I mean, that's good, probably as a serial <laughs> apologizer. <laughs> All right, true or false? Canada is by bo- volume the second largest nation on Earth. As in, like geographic. As in geographic. Oh, uh, I think yes. You're going to guess yes. That is correct. Yay. First okay. thing, ding, 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 ding. Russia? So, Russia yeah, would be number Russia's one? Number one. Yeah, nice. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. So as of this week, how many incidents of oh, Justin no. Trudeau dressing up in blackface have been reported by the press? Is it three incidents, four incidents, or 489 incidents? Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no! I mean, mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go middle of the road, even though it's pro- a trap, <coughs> and say four. Eh, wrong. Three? Three. three. Oh, thank God! Thank God! Thank God! Yeah. No, honestly, I, I've never been happier for you to be wrong here. Yeah. One is too many, but it's better than four hundred eighty-nine. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna butcher this because I don't speak French, unlike you. Oh, uh, hell the only yeah. French I speak is De Rochefort. Nice. Uh, what is You're very good at it too. What is the official motto of Canada? Oh, wow. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I, I think um, Le Chapeau d'Amérique. <clears throat> what? Wrong. How could that be wrong? wrong? wrong. It's from sea to sea. Marie Usek ad Marie, I guess. That's I don't know. freaking I Latin. I, I don't know. I don't How know. How dare I just, you? This is Wikipedia. I suck at French. I'm sorry. I took Spanish. Um, okay. Final question, Simone. Hit me. Insider Magazine ranked 26 of the greatest Canadians of all time. Oh, no. Out of the 26, who is the worst best Canadian of all time? The worst <laughs> best Canadian guess, of all time. <laughs> yes. Okay. There are so many. <laughs> oh, no. I'm gonna Christina, you have to guess too. Okay. My guess I don't know if he's Canadian. John Cusack. 
All right. That's your guess. Christina, do you have one? Um, uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs> that would be no. a good guess. He would never uh, be close. so low. I feel like Christina actually snuck in with the win for this. It's oh, no. Avril Lavigne. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Is very close to you're, Justin you're right. That is tangential. Beaver tangential. Yeah, that's completely tangential. I mean, oh, well, okay, that's surprising. So, Avril Lavigne, <laughs> but not not Chad, uh, uh, um, uh, Chad Kruger from Nickelback. Interesting. Oh, I, I, controversial. I, I did write the article. Anyway, uh, next time you blow off rocket to go to Canada, pay more attention, Simone. That's my message to you're you. You're right. I'm sorry. I should have studied the country <laughs> that I was partaking in the culture of. Yes. That was my mistake. <laughs> well, as penance, who wants to hear about the Pixel event? Let's do it. Yay. <laughs> Apparently, it was a bit of a train wreck. Although the <laughs> things announced at it were very cool. Um, Renee, Richie, and I more actually wrote up just how disorganized the event felt and how it felt like they were spending time doing interviews and then being like, oh, crap, we've got to announce products. <laughs> when are we going to have time for this? But they did get a few things out there. Um, we got uh, Pixelbook Go, the of course, new Pixel phones, the Pixel 4 and the 4XL, and some exciting Nest news. So I think we're going to start with the phones, as we mm-hmm. often do. So it is new. Is it new Pixel? <laughs> it, it is everything. Well, it's I mean, it's new, but this has been like leaked for forever. Yes, it's yeah. been like for forever. Everything as about this. I think a lot of the other things at this, I think a lot of things at this event had been leaked, including like the Nest stuff the day before. Um, but I think there was some stuff. I just watched a Verge video about some of the the features it has that weren't necessarily leaked. Um, and I think the face detection stuff was included in that. But let me just give the basics on the phone. It is coming to all carriers. It starts at $7.99 or $8.99 for the large, um, for the lowest storage size, of course. So, yeah, yeah. Um, two lenses, uh, no bezel, or sorry, sorry, no notch, but a big bezel that is full of delicious sensors like um, radar and all, all the good face detection stuff. Most importantly to me, they have an orange phone. Okay. Yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I love this orange. It's the same color as the Lamborghini orange. Uh, Mira. It's the same color as Cardi B's uh, Lamborghini Aventador. <laughs> it's oh my the God. same color of Ula La from Space Channel 5. I love this orange. And Apple, if the you've ever, is fantastic. It's amazing. Apple, if you've ever stolen an idea, please steal this one. I'm I absolutely you. agree. This is how dare they release an orange phone when I have just recommitted myself to Apple for another like three years. But I do hope that there will be a domino effect and we will see other uh, phone manufacturers following in Pixel's footsteps as of course they again forage far forward, advance so much in their craft by making an orange phone. (laughs) What do you think of it, Christina? I think the phone looks great. I think that orange color I'm with you. Like I would, I mean, I'm, you, we all know where I stand on rose gold, yeah. but that orange color is awesome. Um, and so I think that looks great. Uh, it was funny. I think I saw somebody ranking the colors. It might have been Neelai, and it was like um, orange, white, and then, you know, the the plain black one. And I think that seems about right. That orange color is 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 great. So even though we knew what the design looked like, it's interesting. All the photos had leaked, but then like the um, in person and then even like the the video shots, it looked a lot better than the leaks had. Um, either that, or I'm just so used to the look on my 10s Max now that I'm not like perturbed by the camera placement anymore. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you mean like on the back? Yeah. Yeah. I So the back of this phone is similar to the iPhone. Sorry, 11 has a square. The lenses are, you know, hidden in the blackness of that square. So it's, I, I don't know. I, uh, we'll talk about this later because we are going to talk about the iPhone 11 today. But um, I, I, I'm fine with it as far as the camera placement goes. I am interested in some of the radar uh, slash face detection advances that they've made. Um, so right now they've got radar in the phone that detects when you're near. So when you are like going to pick it up, it it, it can activate so that when you pick up the display, it will automatically be like, oh, hello, come into your phone. <laughs> um, and it can also sense when you've walked away and turn off your display. 
uh, as always, I'm creeped out. There's even a setting so that you can, because it is so fast, you can change a setting to say, yes, I would like to see my lock screen because otherwise the unlocking is so fast that you won't see it at all, Um, which is markedly different from Apple's process for face ID unlocking. What do you guys think about this? Uh, I I think it's like the target version of Face ID from every review I've ah. read. What do you think, Christina? I don't know because I was watching Dieter's video on The Verge, and it looked hella fast. Like it looked insanely fast. Um, his big question was about the security, and I think that's a fair point. Having said that, I I do feel like Face ID is not really what you want to enable for security anyway. And I don't mean that face ID is insecure because it's not. It's more that if your whole point is you don't want anybody else like getting in your phone, then people can compel you to turn your face and open your eyes, whereas they can't compel you to say your passcode. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like when I go into airports, I always turn off face ID anyway, um, just because I'm a, a paranoid freak like that. Um, uh, that's but, no, not I mean, paranoid. Looks- that's utterly legit. And there have been plenty of stories about journalists having their smartphones taken at airport security. And I don't think that's paranoid, actually. So fair enough. Okay. So yep. I so that's that's uh, um, my um, uh, kind of take is that uh, it looks hella fast, which I think is great. And if it works <laughs> well and if it's effective, then that's awesome. Um, uh, I, so I don't know, I'm going to call it like the, the target version of face ID or not. I mean, look, if it works, it works. I mean, at this point, you know, fingerprint sensor stuff, like it doesn't really matter if it's, if it's touch ID or if it's something else, but I mean, cool. I'm, I'm glad they have it. I guess it doesn't really, to me, it's like, it wouldn't be to me, this is now table stakes, right? Like we're yeah, now yeah. like two years on with, yeah. with, with face ID. Like if you're releasing a flagship phone and it doesn't have like, you know, face uh, unlock, then there's a bigger problem. I have mm-hmm. to agree. You know what is a really fast way to unlock your phone, though, Christina? Uh, Kanye's zero 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 passcode on the phone. So, Love that. Um, you know, it can be fast. But to me, the the question I have is, I I I would not have gotten on board with uh, you know Touch ID and certainly Face ID without Apple's secure enclave technology. And there's nothing I've seen from Google that makes me feel they've taken that same approach uh, to security, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that is a wonderful window into the data conversation. Yep. Um, they've introduced a tool that you can enable to automatically delete your data in windows of three months or I believe 18 months, which has been both celebrated because, yay, deleting data, and also criticized because, as uh, Fast Company rightly points out, they really only need your data is valuable in a short term window in the window that you that that you are living that data um so any value for advertisers can be extracted in a month and probably will be valueless after 3 months that being said i do that i would rather have this than nothing i think that this it is good to institute a statute of limitations on how long companies can sit on our data so I'm pro this, but not like running down the street waving firecrackers. <laughs> I mean, I feel like one of the biggest tricks the uh, tech industry ever held, uh, ever pulled with privacy and information is making, giving you the illusion of control and the illusion of consent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like that's what they say constantly. Like, oh, you opted into this. Here you have the control for here. Like private, uh, private browsing, right? Like theoretically right. you think, oh, this is private. Well, actually it's really more uh, Google sort Sort of agreeing not to cache things locally. It's not really private. So, yep. um, I mean, I, I'm with you, Simone. I'd love to know how you feel, Christina. I just, I think it's it's good, uh, but I think it's going to give a lot of people false hope. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's I think that's fair, and I actually would go that far about. Uh, I think a lot of, uh, um, yeah, um, uh, the this kind of the security things that they announced, right? Is is I think it's a really good step in the right direction. I'm glad to see more of this transparency. It's interesting because this is now very clearly becoming a business problem where Google is having to spend time at events talking about how easy it is to delete your stuff and, um, you know, how you can turn things off and how they're, you know, doing a lot of the AI on this particular phone, you know, on the device itself and it's not going to the cloud. And, and that's all good stuff, right? Like there's nothing that I'm opposed to with any of that in the slightest. 
Uh, but it does become like a really interesting, oh, okay, so now you care because right. it, it there's a business reason, whereas before it 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 just didn't matter. Um, or or it wasn't as important to to highlight that. So yeah, I don't I hope no one has false hope at the same time. If I'm faced with people having false hope and people not having any transparency at all, I'll take the false hope, right? Yeah. It does show that in a in a twisted kind of way, we we do still as consumers have influence over these large companies, despite their massive wealth and and everything. Um, maybe not as much as we would like, but um, yeah. So a couple more things about the Pixel uh, Four and Four XL. They have a Pokemon interactive screen background this. that you can this. tickle. I love this. Pikachu and Eevee can be on I, your freaking phone. I want is this. it this giant is Pikachu? Is it yeah. giant Pikachu? He looks that's... pretty chonky. Okay. Okay. So it's pretty good. Um, and that's obviously the greatest advance right after the orange phone uh, in phone history. So <laughs> there yeah, we go. Saying, no, I was just going to say, I love this. So what, what this is part of is that it's um, like a, a part of Soli, which is, I guess, this technology that lets you um, swipe towards the phone and do certain gestures. And that is going to uh, uh, let you... Um, you know, control the device. And it's pretty limited in terms of what it'll let you do. It's, it's you know, it's kind of gimmicky, but it could be interesting where like, you know, you could swipe your phone and kind of wake it up and, you know, you could swipe left or right to, to uh, go through a song. And then the way this background works is that you can like jiggle your fingers and you're tickling Pikachu, uh, which I'm sorry, I love that. I think that is amazing. So um, I love it. Nothing wrong all here. Phones, all phones should come with that feature. It's just it should be standardized. I absolutely yeah. agree. <laughs> so 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 for many many years, I had it was actually I was really sad that I had to get rid of both of them. It got to the point where because I no longer restored my phones anymore, like I had I got rid of Rupert. But uh, there was this app for the iPhone called Hatch, and mm-hmm. it was this virtual pet app and oh. you ha- you would create this little fubo as what it was called like this little guy and you would like give him you know a, a color and and like he'd have little like marks unique to him and then he would eat fruit and gain like abilities to do tricks and and you could earn all kinds of other stuff and um i literally i'm not even joking like i went probably 4 years of of playing with that with rupert all the time and then when i had to get rid of rupert and get rupert 2 i spent like another 2 years with Rupert too. And then I just finally got a point. I was like, I, I'm going to have to get rid of my virtual pet. It hasn't been up. The app isn't updated Aww. anymore. It's kind of glitchy. It was the saddest thing genuinely. So, um, but, but it had a very similar feature where you could like, uh, he would come up to the screen and you could like tickle him and he would like lick the, lick the screen of the phone, making it look like he's licking your face. So I, I kind of love the idea. Exactly. Rupert. So I kind of love the idea of, um, having these, I just, I like this kitsch stuff. That's cute. I like having uh, the ability to tickle Pikachu on your Google Pixel. Well done, Google. Like genuinely, that's, that that's, I realize this is all branding and, and whatnot. I don't care. It's cute. I'm, I'm down with it. 100% agree. Yeah. So all can right. we talk about the Pixelbook Go or do we need to talk about a sponsor? We can, oh, whoa, what a good point you made, Chris, Brianna. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chris, Brianna. I'm going to you from now on. Oh, my God. Do you need me to do a read for you? No, I'm going to do it. Folks, it's my duty to inform you. I mean, if you, if you think that our sponsors wouldn't want to hear their messages coming from this beautiful voice, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> This Fair. episode of Rocket is brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends at Smile. I'm going to stop trying to make my voice higher because I think I just need to be down here. Okay. PDF Pen 11 is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs. I could I punched my I punched my the palm of my hand there a little bit. I'm sorry. It's bad audio, but we're going to have to live with it. You can view and edit documents <laughs> on your Mac, iPad, or iPhone because PDF Pen supports file syncing on a bunch of cloud devices. You heard me. PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone 5 supports iOS 13. That's PDF Pen 5, not, you know, iPhone 5. And you can even use your iPad or iPhone to scan documents directly into PDF Pen on your Mac. That 
is super slick. PDF Pen Pro 11 can automatically turn your documents into fillable forms. Folks, what I want you to picture now is that you're watching critically acclaimed Netflix show Peaky Blinders and Tommy Shelby, who <laughs> constantly talks in a, in a raspy whisper, even if he's talking to someone across the room, he's telling you this. I could, I could do Plus, Tommy Shelby, you can export to Excel, PowerPoint, and more. Do you want to learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro? Well, you can do that at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. If you do any work with PDFs, you need PDF Pen. Go to smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Go check it out. I'm going Australian. I don't know why. It's barely, it's not anything. Our thanks to PDF Pen for their support of the show and Relay FM. I'm sure that they're wishing me well right now and maybe regretting their choices. But at the end of the day, they are our friends at Smile. So what can I say? What is going on, Christina? Is this, is this? You've never I watched Peaky Blinders. Is this downtown Abbey? Um, Tommy this, Shelby. This is the Exorcist a little bit. I mean, it is Halloween. I'm kind of loving it. All right. We run this town. The Peaky Blinders are my gang. All right. <laughs> Wow, let's talk about the Pixelbook Go. The new <laughs> Pixelbook Go that's starting at $649, which is $350 less than the original. It doesn't flip to tablet mode, but it's got a ridged design for your pleasure of gripping it and not dropping it. That's what I have to say, folks. I am highly into this. I don't know how you feel, Christina. You know what my favorite thing is about this? So, you know, this is a Chromebook, so it doesn't have an OS on it. It's basically just, it does have an OS on it, but it's, it's primarily a browser. And their whole gamble is you don't install apps on it. You pretty much have everything that's in the cloud. Uh, it's a very rounded design. It's very cute. And my favorite thing about this is if you get the budget model, you can't get the the not pink color. It's not oh my called God. pink. It's called not pink. Yeah, the the sexy color that's only available if you spring for like the i five or the i seven inside of it. But uh, overall, I'm I really like this design. I mean, what do you think, Christina? Uh, I like the design. Um, I'm less enthused on the specs for the price. Mm. Yep. So um, I think like it's so they they've been selling the Pixel Book and they're still selling the actual Pixel Book. Um, they've been selling that for. A few years now, and that is, by all accounts, an excellent machine. And I actually have a colleague who uh, you can there's there's an app called Crouton, which lets you run like basically kind of like a full Linux distro on uh, your uh, uh, Chrome OS device. And yep. so he uses Docker to have a bunch of various Docker containers running, you know, all kinds of of um, of apps and, and and systems and setups. And he you know uses VMs and other things. And so he has his like he uses it as one of his primary machines. He loves his high-end pixel book. He has the, the, the fully specced out model. Um, this model, uh, it, but that's expensive. This is coming in less expensive, starting at $649. And I do love that not pink color, even though you have to pay okay. more for it. My issue is there are a lot of Chromebooks that are going to be more powerful in this price range. And so I question the value because you kind of like it doesn't have an, a micro SD card slot, so you're stuck with the with the built-in storage that it has. Which for most people, that's going to be fine because the the um, you know uh, stuff that it, it has on it, you're like like Bree said, you're not going to be installing apps. But some people might get kind of annoyed uh, by that limitation. For six forty nine, you're getting an M three processor, and it's an eighth gen. We're currently on tenth gen processors, so you're talking about an eighth yep. gen, and then the M the M three. Eight gigs of RAM, and if you want to get into you know the 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 higher stuff, then you know you could go as high as fifteen hundred, fourteen hundred dollars, which you know seems like a lot. Um, uh, so uh, you know too much for for, for this type of thing. So is I like so really you're looking at realistically if you don't want to have like a, a slower processor, spending eight hundred fifty dollars on the laptop. Yep, and at that point. Not only are there a lot of really good Chromebook options from other people, but you could you're starting to get into really good Windows laptop territory. So yeah. that's my one kind of complaint. That said, it looks great. I think the design is awesome. Uh, I love the not pink color. Um, I, I, the keyboard people say felt great, um, and uh, and it's super cute. So 
Like, I'm, I'm not opposed to any of that stuff. I guess, so I, I haven't talked about this on the show. My MacBook keyboard uh, died oh, this no. week on my Retina 13-inch. Uh, I had a piece for the Boston Globe I had to tie up on my oh, iPad, no. uh, which made me very, very angry. Um, so I saw this, and I was like, yeah, this is this is really compelling. But I, I agree with you, Christina, because you know the Pixel Book, like traditionally, this is – it's like MacBook quality, right? Like yeah. it's milled out of a solid state of aluminum. The screen is beyond gorgeous. It's thin. The keyboard is really well done. This is a cute design, but it's it's certainly a step down in quality. And, um, you know, that, that M3 processor, I've never owned a device with one of that, with one of those in it that I felt was uh, adequate. So by the time it's like you said that you put, uh, you know, you move, bump it up to 256 uh, gigs mm-hmm. of storage, because if I have something like this, I'm going to put movies and TV shows on it as I'm traveling. Um, I just, I, I think it's really hard to justify it at 840, uh, $849 price mm-hmm. point, uh, especially at that cheap plastic. That's not going to, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to hold. Well, up it is. Well. It, it is titanium. Is, oh, is, is it titanium? It, yeah, they just, okay. they just painted yeah. it, so they make oh, it look okay. plastic. But 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 it is titanium. Is so, it painted or is it anodized? It's painted. Okay. okay. Huh. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good. Well, how do you how do you feel about the legion of cheaper Chromebooks from Asus and Dell and Samsung and Acer? Crapware, not interested in it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean some of those are some of those are nicer though, right? Like Samsung does make some that are higher end. Dell does too, and so does so do some of the others. So, I mean, this is what I'm kind of looking forward to the reviews. Uh, obviously, Google won't send me one. I mean, although they're more than welcome to, uh, I would love to review it, but. Um, I would be interested in looking at at the reviews on that to to kind of compare is this experience is this performance going to be any better and and it's interesting right because you're you're talking about you're getting a Chromebook and the whole point of Chromebooks is that you're basically doing everything in your web browser you might be doing some Android apps you know that that's that support is still meh, um, although you know they they really kind of you know tout that a lot. Um, and then it's people like me who the only reason I would get it would be to primarily use it as a Linux machine and yeah. and have a bunch of Docker a bunch of Docker um, or or LXD containers on it. Like that would literally be the whole purpose of me getting one. Uh, in which case, it's like, okay, well, are there better you know uh, Linux laptops or you know Windows laptops I could get that that run Linux really well um, for the price point? But um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they're at least coming. I guess to to the lower mm-hmm. price point. Um, it's been interesting to see, you know, Chromebook started out, even Google, remember the first year that they gave them to us, they were really, you know, they were less expensive and it was kind of a new thing. And it's been, you know, kind of on the on the lower end, but you've started to see because of Google going higher and the other companies stepping up too and doing more interesting things with them. And so I do like that they are, uh, I guess in some ways I kind of see what Google does with the Pixel Book uh, in a similar way to what Microsoft does with the service devices, where it's almost, I don't want to say aspirational for the OEMs, but yet it kind of is, right? It's kind of showing this is what you what you kind of want to aspire to do. So if you're, you know, Dell or Asus or Samsung or or, or Acer or whoever, or HP, you have a model that says this is what can be done with this, you know, form factor. Whether you want to do that or not is, is obviously up to those companies, and I think that's that's interesting. And so I, I I do like that that's that it's at least coming at a lower price point. I just don't know if it's low enough given the specs. Yeah, I have to agree with that, and I also you know the the first gen Pixel books also had cellular built into it. Uh, you know, they were like. If you're going to be out, you're not going to have direct access to any of your data, so you need to be connected. And it does bother me that this uh, the this this particular version of the Pixel Book, as best as I can tell, doesn't have the cellular option. Uh, I think that's a real mistake. I don't know why I would buy this if it didn't have that option. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about something that perhaps you are excited for, Brianna. Uh, the new Google, the, the updates to Google Nest. So they've got a Google <laughs> Nest router now and also a Google Nest mini. So they did something that people have been asking for for a long time, which is take the Google Home speaker and put it in uh, the Nest router. 
um, and create, of course, like a point system that you can extend all over your house. So this seems like, hey, a pretty good solution to for a smart speaker system if you are on Google Home. Yeah. Nest is finally doing something right. Let's be happy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's interesting. You know, um, Amazon obviously still has the lead uh, with with this smart home speaker stuff, but Google has been really, really, really aggressive with pricing and with some of the other stuff that they've been doing around uh, the, the the Google Home, especially with the Google Mini and, and things like that. And I think that this is one of those things that does make a lot of sense because people do love their Nest products, you know, um, as, as much you know turmoil as that company has kind of been through, there is still mm-hmm. uh, like a, a massive uh, kind of audience and, and fandom around that. And for good reason, you know, they have really good UIs. If you compare, you know, kind of like the the, the Nest ecosystem to um, uh, some of the, the other um, uh, smart thermometers, it's not even a contest, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, and, you, and at that point, I'm kind of like, okay, you know what, I might not I might be worried because Google is so competent. And so I worry about what data they're getting from me, but I don't have any like hope that this other company who's smart thermometer I'm putting in is going to do anything to protect my data and they're going to be incompetent with it. So, yeah. you know, uh, like, you know, there's a, certain, a hard place. There's a certain part of me. I'm like, if you're going to get one of those things, if you can get a nest, then it makes sense. And so I think it's, it's interesting, um, uh, to kind of marry those two things together. I think that's that's really smart. I will say something. I feel like Nest is, Google, sorry, Google in general is killing it aesthetically for these smart speakers. I don't think anything looks as good as the router and the Nest Mini that they showed uh, this week. They're like, as far as color selection goes, or just like general shape, like they look like objects to have in a home rather than, high-end tech devices and i think that that's important yeah definitely um i do want to point out a story that uh hit the verge today um uh which is basically talking about uh nest is getting ready for the smart homes cambridge analytica moment mm-hmm. uh it's it's talking about this mass aggregation of data with all of these smart home devices it's not a regulated space at all um, there's even a story that broke this week of Google Devices chief uh, Rick uh, Osterlow saying he believes anyone of uh, in proximity of a microphone-fitted smart device uh, like the kind Nest sells needs to be made aware that uh, your conversations could be recorded, which was a, a very uh, a surprising quote for someone to give that works uh, in that area. Um I I want to be honest, I have enjoyed my Nest devices in the past. They make a really good camera, um, but we didn't hook it in up when we came to our new house because of my privacy uh, concerns about mm-hmm. this company, uh, which have not been alleviated. I do think it's worth saying Nest is starting a partner program with all of the things that work with their devices uh, that will have to adhere to strict uh, security protocols, allegedly. But still, you're not, um, this isn't the standards that you know, Apple holds itself to. This is the standards that Google holds itself to, which are very different. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's concerning to me, uh, and I just think that's worth noting. How do you feel, Christina? I agree with that. Although I would say, again, I kind of want to look at who are your other competitors in this space and what are they doing with they, these things. And in some cases, I again, I would argue, as uncomfortable as Google makes me in certain scenarios. I would actually trust them more. You look at some of the Chinese companies who do a lot of mesh routers, right? And you look at a lot of other router companies who just don't even bother updating firmware after a certain period of time. And you look at, uh, when I look at that, I actually would feel more comfortable recommending someone get an Eero or get a Nest um, just because those companies are going to have some responsibility, uh, whereas these others might not. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. They're your best bad choice. Uh, but there's also the choice to not install these things in your home, uh, which is the choice I'm currently making. Do we want to talk about the earbuds real quick? Yeah, let's briefly yeah. talk about them because we don't know much. So they we don't know much, but we do know, I'm not going to lie, again, I mean, sounds cool. Yep. Again, we'll though, 2020, 179. Yes, they are releasing uh, wireless headphones that now come with a virtual assistant in them. Um, that you can use with hands-free, um, hands-free interaction, but we're not going to really see much more of that till 2020, um, which did also remind me that the Pixel 4 and 4 XL 
ship without headphones in the box. Yes. Oh. And, and without, without an adapter of any sort, which to me is, is sort of unconscionable. I get like Apple at this point, and I don't love this move, but they've done it. Like they don't include the $9, uh, three and a half inch, uh, to, to lightning adapter in the box anymore, which I think is BS, but at least they give you a pair of the lightning earbuds, right? Mm-hmm. So you get the lightning yeah. ear pods. And at this point, I think, uh, thank you, iPhone seven, you know, uh, thank you, Apple for giving us the courage to get rid of the headphone jack. Most people, I think have gone into a place where you either have your adapter that you have kind of like tethered to your pair of headphones, or you have some sort of pair of wireless headphones, whether they're AirPods or something else, but to not include anything in the box, like not even an adapter, like not even like a pair of USB-C headphones, that just feels really cheap. Yeah. It feels like a dick move. Uh, yeah. Pardon my French. Yeah. <laughs> I said that on this podcast. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think you can. Okay. I think it fits. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I stand by that statement. Yeah, I I agree with that. The one thing I will say about the Pixel Buds too, and as as you noted, Simone, that will not be out until next spring. And so there's a lot of unknowns. We don't know what they're going to sound like. They're going to get the software right. And I will say this is not unique, you know, to just Google at this point. Like, you know, there are lots of companies, especially in this space, who tend to not have this stuff ready. Um, In in retrospect, Apple was actually really early with AirPods and even AirPods were delayed um, a, a bit. But what I think is interesting about them isn't so much the the built-in assistant stuff, but the fact that it can do things like uh, real-time transcription um, on the device itself, like locally, and it can do recording um, uh, locally on your phone too, which I think is really interesting. And some of the the long-range Bluetooth stuff, where they claim that it'll like work across a football field or or you know work across uh, you know three rooms indoors. That's really interesting. So even if these are yeah. things that I will almost certainly not get, although that orange color does look dope, uh, uh, like I'm glad to see somebody pushing some of this stuff forward, right? Like uh, between this and the service buds and whatever Apple is going to come out with with the next, you know, AirPods, like that's exciting at least to see people moving the tech forward. Mm-hmm. I, I know you don't drive, Christina, but I'm just saying if you got the Cardi B uh, Lamborghini Aventador in March, it would match your you Pixel 4. I'm just I, saying. I, was, I mean, I would be honest with you. If I had that car, if I'm Cardi B, like obviously you still have your iPhone because you're blue bubbles and you got to do that. But I would get the phone, I think, and the maxing, you know, the matching Pixel Buds and the new uh, Beats headphones, yep. all of them to kind of match the new thing. It's horrifying to imagine a world where you just have complete financial freedom. I, I think you mean it's it's awesome to imagine. It's aesthetically pleasing. But yes. hey, let me tell you all that this episode of the of Rocket is brought to you by Pingdom. Oh, whilst you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that buy now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but that is no good. You need a system. You need a system, Tommy. When you're running the PeakyBlinders.com website, you need a system. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site. And more importantly, when it's not. You need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. And they are smart, too. They'll get the information needed to solve the issue sent to whoever needs it, whether that's one person or your whole team. Whoa! They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. That's so much. All Pingdom needs is your URL, and they take care of the rest. So don't risk being the last to know about something on your site breaking. Start monitoring that thing today. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the code ROCKET at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Thank you so much, Pingdom for your support of this show and Relay FM. Did you start that ad read by nearly calling us the 
Polygon show? No. I think you did. I, I no. think you said the, and then the, you went Yeah, the, the podcast Rocket. I, I definitely didn't almost do that. Oh, my God. How could you guys accuse we me were of there, such we, a thing? I, I mean, I'm just I mean, I'm, thinking I'm, you're sick. That's all I, I'm saying. I, you, you are, I'm a you are sick definitely, puppy. Like, I, know, I know you would know that, like, we came first. <laughs> you did. And that's why I consistently do the Rocket outro on the Polygon show. <laughs> I'm losing it, you guys. I'm spiraling. But it's time for an exciting segment, which is iPhone 11 reviews from me and Brianna Wu. Sweet. So as everyone knows, uh, I got the iPhone 11 um, after some ordeals with ordering it last week that a child could have done um, better than I did. Brianna, did you get the 11? I did. I got... uh, I, I decided to, uh, you know, as we've talked about on the show before, I'm an iPhone size queen, and uh, I went with the uh, 7 Plus or whatever the hell they're calling it now. Yeah. <laughs> iPhone S11 Max or whatever. All right. So what pushed me over the edge with this phone was Christina's very compelling argument that as an iPhone 8 user, even though my phone was perfectly fine and functional, now was the time to upgrade to get the most um, money from Apple for my phone, um, (laughs) which is true. And also the new phone is pretty freaking dope. Um, I want to start by talking about the cameras, which I did have a revelation about, which I texted Christina about. Um, Obviously the camera is uh, for now until we get a full test of the pixel four camera, the best um, camera on the smartphone market which I proved by taking photos of myself when I was sweaty and gross, um, and it made me look beautiful, which was frightening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, yeah, I didn't talk about that. That was kind of disturbing to me. Um, stop me if I've mentioned this on the show before, but uh, I, I got the phone, I think it was last the Thursday before last Thursday, um, and I took a photo, and I hadn't washed my hair that day, and I had like <laughs> been to physical therapy. Um and it was the first time that I've taken a photo of myself and like, usually I take a photo of myself. I think, man, I look so good. I'm going to take a photo. And then the photo comes out and I'm like, oh boy, that don't look so good. What am I going to do about this? This is the first time where I took a photo because I had a new phone. I was testing it. I took a photo knowing that I looked like crap and it made me look good. And I was like, okay, I'm actually kind <laughs> of creeped out by that. Here's where I get fun again. It, it, it was an interesting exercise for me in perception um and obviously when we post photos online we're photoshopping the heck out of them and making them look more appealing but i think this is the first time where i had experienced the the fact that the reality that i could see with my eyes was i'm i'm used to that reality being captured poorly by cameras cuz eyes you know do things with perspective and colors that um a machine can't at this moment accomplish but this is the first time where the perception the reality that i could see was just completely different and much more beautiful (laughs) in the camera and i felt kind of uncomfortable about that um that being said i've taken a lot of good selfies uh, and it was wonderful (laughs) to have on my trip to canada i'm so glad thank you and 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 you got the yellow color right i got the yellow um i started with a so here is a fun thing i was i didn't order a case in time and I think I dropped it three times on the first day. And then I was like, crap, okay, no, I this will not stand. I'm going to Canada. I need a case. So I went down to the Verge's tech closet and I appealed to them, please lend me a case just for this week. And I got a nice leather case, which I liked a lot. But uh, what I ended up going with, which was delivered while I was away, was this Casetify case, um, which has a uh, red background with like abstract shapes on it and i got it because you can still see like the yellow window through the camera holes um but then it's got yellow accents on the phone and it kind of reminds me of the sun also rises even though this pattern is called ramen um and i've got a final i think revelation about the camera the lenses so we've talked about the lenses before i think we've been mixed on them i personally have kind of found them always fascinatingly weird in an ugly way but having now had the phone i realize that the lens placement does something incredibly important for an iphone user and that is that it communicates to everyone around you that you have the new iphone 
Um, which is something odd because I'm like looking at everyone else's phones being like, do you have the new one yet? What are you, what are you rocking? And I'm, uh, I'm seeing, you know, (laughs) the regular old camera bumps. And I think that, um, had they gone with the same formation, you know, it would, there's virtually nothing to distinguish one iPhone from another from behind. Yeah. You're, you're dead on. You're dead on. It's funny. You said that because when you texted me that, or it was in our group chat or whatever it was, I was like, Damn it, you're right. That's brilliant. Because when the iPhone 10 came out, obviously you knew the 10 because it had like its unique design and it had, you know, the the um the the vertical camera. Um and, and you could tell the 10s Max because it's it's better. Uh, but you really it would be really hard to tell between a 10 and a 10s, right? Whereas if you have an 11 or an 11 Pro, like you know. Yeah, You're exactly right. It's just like how I used to always, one of the reasons I would always get the gold iPhone or the whatever the new color would be is be like, because I want people to know I got the new one, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, you don't even have to get the green color. You can just be like, yeah, I got the new one. See see my weird cameras? <laughs> see my weird cameras? That's me. <laughs> um, Brianna, what, what's your impression been? So this will, um, so I want to tell you guys, I have been charged out of the behind by AT&T. I I really got really really angry at them. I found out recently that they've been charging me for my cellular iPads uh for years after I've canceled them. Uh I called them up, I canceled my cellular account and they've charged me for two cellular accounts for literally years after going and getting it changed. I walked into AT&T and I said um, I need you to take care of this. Uh, they were complete jerks to me uh-huh. in a really insulting way. They wouldn't even take care of it in the store. Like uh, I just ended up having to call the the customer helpline from the store because their manager wouldn't help me either. Uh, so I had a day where I blew an entire Saturday uh, switching everything over to Verizon. And then I saved so much money by going to Verizon, literally cut my bill in half, uh, even with unlimited data, that I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get the iPhone upgraded. This is fine. Uh, so, uh, you know, Christina, I heard you when you said you got used to the size of it. Um, I remember when that's I used to use said. the Plus. That's what she said. <laughs> that's I what used she to said. Use the, Plus models of it would make my pinky hurt from it, like resting there all the time. Right. Um, but I've not had that happen um, with this version of it yet. The battery life, as you said, is it's excellent. Uh, and with the Apple Arcade, that giant screen is just gorgeous. It is so unbelievably good. What's the the game? Sayonara Hearts. Sayonara I mean, it's Wild just, Hearts. Yeah. Wild Hearts. It's beyond perfect on that phone. Uh, uh, a game I play a lot of is Vainglory. Um, that's also very yeah. good on it. But like you, uh, Simone, it's the camera. Um, I swear to God, I was sitting in my Boxster and I, I accidentally clicked the camera button. And there's this picture there of it mega zooming onto like the, the leather grip and indentation of my steering wheel while the entire rest of the console was just motion blurred behind it. And this is me like accidentally hitting the camera button. I look and I'm like, Oh my God, this is the most beautiful picture I've ever taken. You made art in my life. Everything is so good with this camera. I am a terrible photographer. Everything comes out just, just really vibrantly. So, um, overall I'm happy with it. It's, uh, like you, Christine, feel a, a thrill when I use it. Like I'm a long way past caring if anyone notices my phone or not. <laughs> so Simone, do you feel like this, because you were coming from the eight and you went to the 11. Um, and uh, do, do you feel like this has been a good upgrade for you? I do think it has been. Um, I really enjoy using it, even though I have yet to turn on face ID, which I, I, I can feel like the the pole, the tidal pole of convenience. Oh, you should do it. You should totally turn it on. Just turn it off when you go to the airport. It's great. I'm trying to resist because I ethically object to it. Well, but 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 you shouldn't because it doesn't go anywhere. It stays on the phone. It's in Secure Enclave. <sighs> I mean, there are security papers you can read about Secure Enclave. I'm I'm with you a hundred percent of being creeped out by all of this, but there is a there is a thing that feels good, and then there's something to solve the problem. If you want to talk about ubiquitous uh, facial recognition, the answer to that is regulation. 
Uh, You know, the answer to that is uh, a new privacy bill of rights. Uh, I like your individual choice. Isn't going to move the needle at all. That's true. You're right. Plus it's gotten really good. Like I noticed this with the last, I guess one of the software revisions, because on my 10s max, I noticed this where my, my one frustration with, with face ID would be when I'm lying on my side, you know, I'd have to like maneuver myself around to actually like sit up so I could unlock my phone. Now it pretty much works when I'm laying on my side, which is kind of awesome. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So it gets it either that or it's just gotten to know my face, you know, next to the <laughs> next to the pillow. So clearly, it, it knows ah. you. Either it's way, like I don't puppy. care. Uh, either way, the less movement I have to do, the better. So I mean, I would turn it on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or at least do that, just because it is really convenient to just be able to like look at your phone and like. It's certainly more convenient than having to put in my passcode, which is something I obviously haven't done since pre-touch ID days. Um, I will say I had to use my old phone, of course, to erase it. And I had immediately unlearned like all the the home button gestures that I was used to using, um, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Um, obviously, those, you know, people who've been on the 10 are like, yeah, it's old hat, but it was new for me. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, no, this is new for you, right? Because you've had, you've got, you've had um, a, 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 the button. You've had the, the, yeah, the touch ID button. Yeah, button baby for Which, uh, I still kind of miss sometimes. Um, and uh, uh, for both of you, uh, what do you feel about the the death of, of 3D touch? Have you noticed it? or uh, is it I have not? noticed we that it feels less this. satisfying. Yeah. Like I, I can still reliably do the gestures that I need to do, like replying to text on the home screen or um, bringing up the cursor to scroll through text. But it just, it does not feel as good. Yeah. Um. I hate it. I hate it so much. It is killing me. And I mean, I'm getting used to, to 3D, you know, not to long pressing the space bar when I'm entering text, but it's never satisfying. It always feels slow. It's annoying every single time I have to do it. And I hate it. Um, so yeah, but this is the future and I've got to accept it sooner or later. So this there it is. is. The world we live in. All right, uh, I want to move on from this to our final topic because uh, it's very exciting. So the hardware company Analog has announced the Analog Pocket, which this is, is so good. a $200 portable <gasps> gaming device, their first portable gaming device that will play OG cartridges yes! from your Game Boy. So good. Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. And 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 it, the the form factor is basically like the Game Boy Pocket or the Game Boy Color, I guess I would say. But it, um, yeah, it looks awesome. And it, there'll also be adapters for Game Gear, Neo Geo, Pocket Color, and Atari Lynx games cartridges as well. Um, so yeah, this thing is super super freaking cute. Uh, I am I'm I'm pretty into it. Yeah, and analog stuff. I have never been able to buy one myself, but I have seen them. They make uh, uh, the analog NT, and then there's like uh, another thing. They make like um, um, uh, a really high end Super Nintendo and a really high end Super Nintendo ST. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so there's the NT and the ST, and they are incredibly high end devices that have like HDMI, you know, outputs, and but use the original cartridges. And have really good components, and 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 um, you know they're expensive, just like this is. This is two hundred dollars, uh, but um, uh, their 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 attention detail is just like beyond. And I think in this case, it actually the price when you look at how much people charge for um, uh, you know refurbing um, Game Boy SPs, Game yeah. Boy Advance SPs, um, which are not going to have as high resolution screen and and have some of the other stuff. This actually is not terrible. Mm-hmm. And it's super high res. It's sixteen hundred by fourteen forty. Uh, go on, Brie. So I I buy a lot of refurbed and modded uh, retro hardware. And you know, if you had bought the original analog NES system that came out, you would be a relatively rich person because they are so rare that they sell on eBay for like three times more than they cost new. Um, Now, as uh, like you said, Christina, with the Super NT and the the analog version, the uh, Mega Drive slash Genesis they brought out, uh, it's, it's less important and the, the, the cost of it came down. So I don't expect those to appreciate, but um, you know, it's really hard if you're trying to get 
a top-of-the-line emulation. Uh, so they have the original Game Boys, and they've put better screens in it. It's still extremely heavy and bulky. And the um, what you'll find with older models is the membrane behind the cross keys uh, just generally is not held up that that well and uh there's not a third party uh company selling really good membranes for the cross keys so people actually cannibalize og uh game boys to have a firm d-pad believe it or not mm-hmm. um so what i love about this is it's a 200 dollars product that will play game boy uh game boy color and Game Boy Advance games. And in my opinion, the Game Boy Advance library is some of the most amazing games that have ever been made. Uh, my uh, yeah, Game Boy... Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, the Game Boy Advance is great. One of the great things about the Advance was they ported a ton of, of Nintendo and yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo games to yep. it. And did Straight a really good... Like, and they did a really good job of the port. So like the, the port of Donkey Kong Country is a really good port. Uh, yeah. Um, the best you know, version of Super Mario 2 is on Game Boy Advance. Definitely. You know, Mario Kart obviously is really good. Super Mario 3, there are a lot of really good ports from older games. And there were, you know, even some stuff that the fans have done, you know, ports of a mother, uh, the, the, the sequel to Earthbound yep. came out for Game Boy Advance in Japan. And then fans translated it. And then people like me, you know, played it, you know, on emulators, <laughs> or you could get a, a cartridge that you would load ROMs onto and then play it on a real thing. But anyway, you know, yeah, yeah there, there's, there's huge, there's a huge amount of content for it. Sorry. Go so, on. so well, what I was going to say is, so the problem is the original Game Boy Advance, it was this uh, rather large, bulky, rectangular thing. Yeah, it, it was uh, like a taco, kind of. It, it yeah. was. And the screen wasn't protected. So, of course, if you're buying a refurbished one, they redo the screen, but it's not backlit. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, it, it, well, that was the thing. You still had to get like a, a they sold lights that would plug into the accessory yep. um, thing to go on top, right? Which it, is why it, the Game Boy SP was so good. Yeah, yes. and but the Game Boy SP has some real compromises when it comes to ergonomics. Uh, the battery life on it is solid, and I appreciate that if you buy a used one, uh, you can replace the battery pack in it relatively easily. Uh, but the the first version there's the AP one hundred one. And the AP-102, that you do not want the AP-101. It is a very, very dim, hard-to-use uh, backlight. The the AP-102 is really, really, really excellent. And unfortunately, you can't put a 102 screen in a 101 uh, hardware board. All of this is my roundabout way of saying that if you're a retro gamer and you really love these games, uh, like Super Mario 2 is my favorite game of all time, just about, uh, there's not a perfect way to play it because if you're playing it on a retroprise zero, um, it just has compromises with lagginess and you know the Game Boy SP 101, the recess of the gamepad and the awkwardness of the shoulder buttons. It's just not a great feel. Um, this for two hundred dollars and being able to play the amazing library of fantastic Game Boy games. It just, it seems like a no-brainer to me. Um, It's also worth saying, they have some really great, uh, like, all-in-one ROM cartridges out there Mm -hmm. that will have the entire library of these games on there. So, like, being able to carry around every single Game Boy and Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance game ever created for $200 and a little bit of change on Etsy, that's, that's a really good deal. Yeah, no, and then they also have like there's there's like a a, a dock, you know, with it, so it has yep. HDMI output, you know, and and um, you know, it can support you know wired controllers, meaning that you could conceivably use this thing, you know, depending on what sorts of of ROMs are available and how that sort of thing works to play potentially other things, you know, Switch style too. So. Yep. Um, it, it's, uh, but even if it was just the Game Boy stuff, even if you had to do everything kind of Game Boy Color or not Game Boy Color, Super Game Boy. And then what was, uh, what was the, 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 there was the, the Game Boy Advance player for the, um, GameCube. Um, you know, if you had, even if you were just doing that style, that's still really cool to, to know that you could output those types of games, you know, uh, via HDMI, which is cool. Yeah. Simone, I have to ask you, like, this is, I mean, some of this is before your time, certainly the OG Game Boy. I mean, do you have any nostalgia for that era of gaming? You know, I I don't really, just because I wasn't allowed to have one. And really? at the time, like, I desperately wanted one and, of course, would, like, 
borrow the play them at friends' houses or like I rented one from a friend once um for two weeks for two dollars. But um because I, I never played anything on these consoles but Pokemon, um, I don't really have the nostalgia. But what I do have is a message that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Burrow. <laughs> Woohoo. Fall TV is here, and I know I'm not the only one who's about to be glued to my couch, and not just because I'm running a 100-degree fever. Um, so I think a t- TV show that I... Well, Disney Plus is coming out soon, so obviously that's going to have literally all of the content on it. But if you haven't watched Succession, oh, this is the season say, to so do good. it. Yes. Thank you. You've watched it? Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, it's my favorite show. Yeah. Are you oh, thank me? God. Yeah. Thank God. Okay. Um, yeah. It is the perfect time and weather to be sitting inside on your couch, cuddling up in a sweater and watching rich people in sweaters um, say horrible things to each other. If you're me, personally, I, today, before recording this podcast, fell asleep on my burrow couch while watching World's Most Extraordinary Homes on Netflix. Nice. Because that was all I wanted to do. And it was incredibly comfortable. If you would also like to lose yourself in a show, glue yourself to the best couch out there. That's Burrow. Now is the perfect time to upgrade that lumpy old couch that you've been meaning to replace forever. Your Burrow sofa can handle even the most hardcore TV watching session with a kiln-dried Baltic birch frame and durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain resistant. Burrow is totally customizable. You can pick your fabric, your color, your leg finish, your armrest style, and the length of the couch. And you can even add a chaise lounge or an ottoman or both. It also has built-in USB chargers. Um, so you don't have to, you know, devote your entire attention to the TV, which in 2019, no one does. Be charging your darn phone uh, and look up fan theories for hours without worrying about your phone dying or read all the good Jerry Roman fanfic that you can find. But there mm-hmm. isn't any. Don't bother Ew. looking for it. There's oh, not wow. any? No, Ew. there's like 19 fix on AO3. Um, uh. It's a wasteland. Burrow sofas are easy to set up and easy to move. And you can always add or remove seats as needed because that thing is modular. And you can get free one-week shipping so you can have your new sofa all set up by next week's episode. Uh, so like I said, I absolutely fell asleep on my sofa. I spent most of the day on my sofa because I was working from home because of the way that my voice sounds. And um, I fell asleep on it, which is what I had really been working towards all day. Like I was building up to it. Um, and then I just kind of switched direction on the sofa. I sprawled out. Uh, it incorporates my entire 510 frame. Lovely. And then I fell asleep, fell right asleep, face to the sky, soothed by the soft sounds of Caroline and Piers arguing about houses on world's most extraordinary homes. <laughs> if you would like to settle into a comfy new burrow sofa, you can get $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping by visiting burrow.com slash rocket. That is B-U-R-R-O-W, burrow.com slash rocket for $75 off your order. Thank you, Burrow, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. Thank you, Burrow. Christina, what are you up to this week? Uh, finishing some stuff for work. I'm going to be in San Francisco for a couple of days next week for an offsite at work. And then I will be home for a week. And then I will be in um, Orlando. And then I'll be in Paris. Uh, so I'm just trying to get uh, uh, some stuff uh, squared away um, for uh, Microsoft Ignite, which will be the first week of November. And uh, trying to get over being sick. So, yeah. Yeah. Brianna, what about you? So, uh, good news. There have been 19,000 new registered voters in uh, Massachusetts 8th District in the last 11 months. They've just since the midterm, which is pretty much my uh, entire additional win number that I need to win. Uh, So, that's the good news. The bad news is I have to go talk to them. (laughs) I am about to be spending every single night, every single weekend out canvassing neighborhoods in freezing Boston weather and the cold, uh, uh, meeting voters and trying to save this country. So that is what I am up to. Excellent, but sad at the same time. (laughs) I will be spending this week recovering from this horrible illness 
Um, and also working on a video about architecture in the game Control, which I'm super excited about. Um, and my brain has not been very good at working on it today, which is unfortunate, but hopefully it'll come out soon. What do you mean by that architecture in the game Control? Uh, the brutalist architecture that the oldest house is built out of. I talked okay. to the... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the developers about their architectural inspirations and then also just about how it's kind of, it's just a perfect storm because it's thematically appropriate for this menacing government agency. But then also it's a game where you have to be able to tear chunks out of every surface and every surface is smooth concrete because it's brutalist. So it's kind of just a perfect marriage of form and function. Yeah. Hey, Christina, where can we find you online? So you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and uh, the uh, uh, Instagrams. And you can find the videos that I do at work at uh, youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. I'm Brianna. Uh, you can find me at uh, you can find me at Brianna Wu on Twitter or developer Brianna Wu on Facebook. And if you'd like to support uh, real tech change uh, in Washington, you can do that by uh, going to supportbrianna.com. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter at doomquasar and at youtube.com slash polygon. And of course, we do appreciate it if you share this podcast with folks and give it a rating on Apple Podcasts if you're able to do so, because that helps us find more listeners and be successful. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.